0: You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to AlterXArtifact.com. That is AlterXArtifact.com. Now back to the show.
1: <laughs> a
2: Keeping you on your toes.
1: You you burping bastard you. You uncouth son of a bitch. Hello and welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin Eyman. With me this week is the rude, the crude, Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you, you burper? Excuse me? Okay. You doing alright though? <laughs> God dang! Okay, I'm sorry. I just threw
2: down a snack because I was starving.
1: Yeah, no we we kind of we kind of fucked around with 3D printer shit and found out. Yep. And we have Mr. David Davis. David, how are you
0: today? Doing doing okay. I mean, I could probably try to summon a fart, but I I really
1: hope you don't, because like I don't want you to have to go change your pants.
2: Yeah, don't gamble like that. Never trust a fart. I've, I've, I've learned. The m- later I get in life Is the more More Or the less and less You trust farts Oh yeah no Like if, like mm-hmm. as a teen And early 20 I would just you know Let them fly whenever And nowadays it's like Hmm Yeah Yeah, You're sitting there Analyzing it Before you let it go It's like Yeah Is what? this uh, <laughs> I think this is Okay good Whew.
0: Is this gonna require A shower Yes later? <laughs> no, Or now no.
1: Or you're just sitting there Talking to people And you're joking Ha 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 Excuse me, and then you go to the bathroom.
0: Very, very stone faced. Very, yes. Very quick. Oh very stiff walk. Walking, oh. you're walking
2: like those uh, the robots we build. You know that have the baby shit in its <laughs> diaper walk. Yes, the baby shit in its
1: diaper walk. You walk like Osimo. Yeah, you're and, back uh, straight, mm-hmm. just
2: only moving your from the hips your, down.
1: Your knees are the only things moving.
0: Yes. Doing the stanky leg the whole way down. (laughs) Welcome to Supernatural Selection. Yes,
1: this is so great. So, guys, before we get started, uh, call for new advertisers. We're looking for advertisers. We have a prospective advertiser for the middle of the show. We are looking for someone new for the beginning of the show. And we can have after-show spots as well. So, and we can have multiple advertisers in those spots. You know, we're, we're, we're... we're shameless.
0: Mm-hmm. We're whores. and we should we we should note that these are the two dollar slots yes. for creative folks. Yes, for independent creators, if you do a comic, if you do a podcast, whatever, we are happy to promote it because we believe in independent projects here.
1: Absolutely, please advertise to our ever growing and expanding fan base across platforms.
0: Also, Raycon. Uh, if you're, if you're listening, I will take some headbuds. So headbuds.
1: Yeah. Uh, Northrop Grumman, if you're listening, we will not let you advertise. <laughs> um, so also I'd like to put a call out for more reviews. We've got a few reviews up and we do appreciate them. My favorite is the one that says this show is not terribly good. So <laughs> either leave us a five-star review or a one-star review. Don't leave us anything in between. So. <laughs> all in or all out buddy Just we and we will read them at the beginning of the show I check weekly for new reviews so if you would like to review us and hear that read on the air we will happily do that and uh, lastly I don't know call for drinks Mike you get your podcast and juice ready always David you get anything
0: I have water
1: I also have water because I am, as of today, exactly nine months sober.
0: Congratulations!
1: Thank you. I just wanted to get that out there. I'm pretty proud of that. So
0: ah, you you should be. That's great news.
1: Yeah. And David, you had something you wanted to bring up here in the uh, housekeeping.
0: Yeah. So, um, very important person in the conspiracy field passed away recently. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Hardwick, the voice of Dale Gribble and King of the Hill, A.K.A. Rusty Shackelford. Rest in peace, buddy.
2: Yeah, heard about that. I hate that, but you know Yeah.
0: It it sucks because they they were working on new King of the Hills, so
1: Yeah, do we know if they got anything recorded or
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. But like Mm -hmm. I mean, number one, that's not the most important thing. Like number one, like I it's it's a tragedy that he's gone.
1: I know. It's terrible, but but like like Dale
0: Gribble's an icon.
1: Dale Gribble was the whole reason I watched that show.
0: <laughs> I love that show in general, like, but yeah, Dale is the when highlight.
1: When he went nuts and almost redid the fucking bell tower shooting in that one episode, <laughs> I mean, goddamn dude. pocket <laughs> uh, <that>. sand.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, there's sand. one scene I remember where he's in his basement because he's got that conspiracy basement, and of he has he does. a. He has, like, a turtle, and he takes, like, a wax, a power waxer, and he power waxes the turtle shell, and the turtle goes flying. And that, <laughs> that, that just sticks in my head. And yeah. I don't remember no. the context of any of it. I think it actually opened an episode, but, yeah. like, that's one of my fondest memories of this show. <laughs> you know, we're going to have
1: to talk about that on uh, Distraction Hole this week. Oh, for sure. Yep. So, speaking of this week, boys, I'm mm. going to talk about something. excuse me, that I've literally been waiting to do since episode one. This has been on the docket since the get-go, back when this was going to be Dark Thoughts with Ted Netherwood. Mm. With my old porn name. Today...
2: Back in the the days when you did, you know, hardcore uh, uh, horse porn.
1: No, but when I did do repo work... And I needed a research name for digging up stuff and, like, calling places incognito. That was the name I used.
2: Ah. Mm. Living yeah. down incognito.
1: Down incognito. So, this week. I don't think you ever told me that.
2: Oh, that. yeah. that was That's my alternate. Uh, oh, yeah, I know the Ted Netherwood. Yeah. I didn't know about the dark thoughts with Ted Netherwood.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that was an article I used to write for uh, Haunted... Uh, MTL MTL. and uh, it kind of morphed into this and I'm happy it did you have
2: this whole Mm -hmm. secret life you never tell me about
1: oh I told you a little bit but you just it didn't matter I was also depressed at the time anyway the point is (laughs) you're depressed now yeah now I want to like anyway we're going to talk about the Dogon tribe in Africa
0: Oh boy, nothing like three white guys talking about African tribes.
1: Hey, okay, first off, we're going to try to be talking about this as sensitively as we can because there's a lot of white people bashing in this article, in this episode, okay?
2: Good, So, good. so, so we're we going to appropriate it. the hell out of them. No, well,
1: okay, come on. I'm trying to do some justice here after the appropriation. <clears throat> now, before going into the topic at hand, Mike, David, what did you two know about the Dogon before going into this? Before I
2: talked your ears off about it, I nothing. Okay, what, this wasn't is it one a, of. Oh. I was just gonna say it's not a real blip on my radar
0: for sure.
1: Right? No, that's understandable.
0: W- wasn't it one of the dragons in Game of Thrones?
1: Uh, no.
0: No, no, that's Drogo. I I know, I'm kidding. But no, I I, I don't really know a lot about them aside from references I've heard. And even then, I can't say I know that much. Like, I've heard of them because you and I have talked about this stuff before. Oh, yeah. I've watched my fair share of ancient aliens. And And I've heard them mentioned.
1: Right, I'm sure they mention it on there and we'll we'll address that. Mm -hmm. Now, I personally find the subject fascinating. It's bordering. In fact, it kind of jumps over on what we've been calling bookstore racism,
0: mm. but kind of almost not quite, maybe,
1: Now, now, now how, how,
0: how would you describe bookstore racism? Say this is like someone's first episode.
1: Okay, if you're not familiar with the idea of bookstore racism, it's the idea that another culture typically with brown skin, has done something in the past, like, say, built pyramids or giant stone monuments or giant Olmec heads in the in the jungle or the Nazca Lines, <clears throat> looked at it and said, no, nah, ain't no way brown people did that. It was aliens.
0: And then they write books about it. And, and then they, they write books. In the paranormal it, aisle. Of exactly.
1: Exactly. And then they get a fucking show on History Channel. But nonetheless, the Dogon are an interesting subject for their religious beliefs, yes. But after doing the reading, I really find the history of them and just their culture in general to be worthy of study. And uh, I'm really glad I looked into this. So, join you, won't we? <clears throat> now, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw an MST reference in there. So, Right. Uh, our sources this week are in search of... The Dark Star, which is a 1970s paranormal TV show hosted by Leonard Nimoy. I highly Mm -hmm. recommend you check it out. I've got a link to it in the doc this week. And uh, Nimoy's 70s porn stash is like totally on point in this thing. (laughs) If you want to hear Leonard Nimoy talk about the paranormal, this show is for you. Also, the History Channel, of course, brought the show back. And I thought it was hilarious because they got Zachary Quinto to host it.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's bomb. like, hey, new Spock. Now they can get uh whoever's on a uh, strange Ethan, new world. Ethan Peck. Ethan Peck. Yeah. Yeah. Have have both of them team up. And, oh my know. God!
1: Double team Spock. <laughs> we just launched a now, thousand now you're just, Yeah, you're you're putting this together is, a fanfic there. This is slash fix.
0: A transporter yeah. accident gives a little <laughs> extra Spock when the crew needs it most.
1: Mister Spock. Hot. Yes, Mister Spock. I'm going to ear your butt.
2: Hot,
0: hot Spock on Spock
2: action. Oh, my God. All right.
1: The second. Uh, one of them's
2: Mr. One of them's Doctor.
1: Oh, wow. This is <laughs> sick. All right. So the second source is the Dogon Wikipedia article, which is actually extremely in depth. Ver- depth. Not death. In depth. In depth. Highly researched. Really well done. I recommend it, reading it.
0: it. It's funny how great the crank shit articles are on Wikipedia. Sure. Like like just the the weird woo-woo articles, like how how in-depth they are.
1: Oh, and this is uh, not even, it it mentions what we're going to talk about in passing. Mm -hmm. It's actually highly detailed information about the culture.
0: It's just someone like, oh my God, I have a platform finally.
1: Yeah, no, and no one can do anything. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Also, our third reference is the Dogon from Encyclopedia Britannica, which Mm. I threw them in because I was like, hey, let's do something that's not Wikipedia. And it's not user
2: submitted. So, you know, Mm -hmm. a a real encyclopedia.
1: Yeah. And our fourth one is uh, I didn't really use this that much, but the Akin, other Africans and the Sirius system, Egyptian and Sumerian gods in African culture. By Kwame Adapa, <clears throat> who is actually a member of the, of the Akan tribe, which is tangentially related to the Dogon, with similar belief systems to an extent, similar language. Which the language is really fascinating because it's not really technically related to any of the surrounding tribes. It's like they got their mm. own thing going on.
0: Hmm. Well, do go on.
1: Yeah. Well, Kwame Adapa's book is. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how to put it. He's a, he's a native that bought into the bookstore racism, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, and he is like super excited. I've never read a source book with that many exclamation points.
2: That <laughs> That's kind of sad.
1: It really kind of is. I don't really recommend it as a resource, but if you want to read something, uh, we, you know what? I don't even recommend it. Period. As D- entertainment. I nope. Not even as that. I read it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the Dogon. (laughs) So, it's kind of hard to try and nail down just where the Dogon originated originally. No. Oh. They've been in their current home in Mali in West Africa for over a thousand years. And they make their home at the Bandagara Escarpment near the Niger River. I've heard someone else pronounce it uh Niger River. I don't know how to actually say it. I well, learned
2: Niger. So 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 Niger has been in the Niger. news a lot lately and they keep saying Niger, which I, I agree with you. When I was when I was coming up in, you know, social yeah. studies and stuff, they would say Niger. But I think Niger is because it is French. Yeah. I also
1: I mean, feel like that's also like when you're watching the news and they say enchilada instead of enchilada. Yeah, well, yes,
2: but it yeah, it's kind of it's also trying to separate the hard g out. Right. Nice. Okay, that's true. That's but,
0: fair because we have a, a lot safety of people element.
1: We yeah.
2: had some people really
1: mispronounce that in
2: my school. Yes, no. I I Look, I went to the same school, so I know hey, how that went.
0: Here's a spoiler. It wasn't a mispronunciation. They were very... <laughs> no, they were very yeah, much no. they, for that.
2: Yeah, they they said the things they heard from the dinner table.
0: Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah, well,
2: anyway, they've been... Sorry to interrupt. No, no. I, I interrupted, too. But, you know, it, like I said, it is Fran- it is a French colony. Okay. So Niger would be yeah. at least... Col- uh, what's the term? Niger? No, no. The... Uh, Colonial, like colon colonizer. Correct.
1: Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, do we want to go with Niger or Niger? I don't know. How about we go with Niger just because I feel safer? There we go. Sounds (laughs) good to me. Okay. Okay, Okay, we are three white guys. Agree. We should go with Niger. We Should not get in (laughs) trouble. So again, they make their home at the Bandiagara Escarpment near the Niger River, and have been there for over one thousand years. Do you,
2: do you want to tell us what an escarpment is? Because you had to We're gonna l- get there. We're gonna okay. get there. I didn't know if you. That was it, later. It's in, the in here.
1: Tonight. It's in. It's in the doc.
2: Okay.
1: The Dogon came to Mali <laughs> fleeing persecution by the followers of Islam because of their unwillingness to convert. Right I've, on. I. I've. Yeah. I've, I've uh, yep. We're spot on on that one so far. Now their origins prior to this are apparently from ancient Egypt. And Hmm. there is some evidence due to language and religious remnants that they may have started in ancient Sumeria with the dawn of human civilization. And we'll get, we'll talk more about their religion soon because that's kind of the point of the episode. But before we do move on, Mike. Yes. Do you guys know what an escarpment is? Because I didn't.
2: You, you told me earlier, but I will not say anything.
1: Okay. It is a giant fucking slope where level yeah. land drops to another level, typically caused by erosion or tectonic. See, we're already learning here today.
0: Now, see, I knew it as like a landscaping term, but you know what is geography other than God's landscaping? Am I right? You know what?
1: That's a shirt. <laughs>
2: it's
0: just it's 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 uh
2: elemental landscaping over time. It is.
1: Mm. It is. It is either. Sorry, you probably just heard me open my wallet. There's something I'm pulling out for later.
0: Why do um, you have so many condoms in there?
2: It's. It's not condom. <laughs> it ain't a condom. <laughs> Kevin, so, Kevin, that double X Magnum ain't fitting. You're just. You're just stroking your ego
1: there, yeah, buddy. I need it for my Magnum dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, the Bandiagara Escarpment was a perfect place for the Dogon to settle. It was defensible, and the land was good enough for farming because it was so close to the Niger River. Mm-hmm. It provided a perfect place to settle and to defend themselves if the Muslims showed up again. In fact, the Dogon had been persecuted for a very long time, and it's led to a lot of their religious ceremonies and art being Completely hidden or flat out lied about for centuries with outsiders, which will come into play later.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like we see a lot of that with diasporic communities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, things like magic and folklore that are pres- like preserved defensively. Like, like oh, who okay, did so? Yeah, uh, or or Vodou, actually. Because um, well, I, I am going to do an episode. both. Well, yeah. well, well, okay. Well, we'll cover that when I actually yeah. do a voodoo. Okay, episode.
1: you can correct huh. me when you've got the books.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I do have the books. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not the expert here. I know that I just made myself sound like one there. Um, okay. But I, I think a lot of this kind of like defensiveness can be attributed to the fact that so much of um, so much of what they they pass down can be recorded conversation rather than require a lot of written text or physical evidence. So it's easier to kind of keep it hidden. Right. Um, especially like when you have say. Co- colonial figures who come in oh
1: yeah like the French or the Belgians Mm-hmm. keep it secret keep it safe yeah no exactly so there's actually a lot to learn about them as a people and I really kind of wish this was an anthropology podcast right now but it's not what I will say is that Growing grain, one of their staples, of course, is seen as a part of their religious ceremonies, almost, because their gods brought them the knowledge of how to grow grain.
0: I'll I'll tell you what, some of the most fun classes I ever took were anthropology classes. So if you want to sneak in more anthropology, I know I'll be entertained.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. But, like, speaking of Dogon religion, which, again, is kind of the point. In 1933, French anthropologists came upon the Dogon preparing for a ritual, and they were allowed to film it. They were told that this ritual was for a very important man who had died, but this was a lie.
0: Now, now do you want to know how they knew the French anthropologists were coming?
1: How? <laughs> Well, they just heard that for miles. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, yeah. French, uh-huh. French are just doing
2: that, you know. Uh, do you know constantly. what is a
1: marzipan? Oui, oui. Oh, do you, baguette. Do you uh-huh. know what is an almond?
2: Brie cheese. Uh, I was going to say... The the uh, the man die dying was a lie, but also the cake was a lie. Yes,
1: <laughs> uh, I just want to go on record. I don't think we have any listeners from the country of France, and Good. Uh, I got personal problem. I got personal beef with the French.
0: Beef bourguignon. So,
1: so if you're from the UK, hey, welcome. Let's go shit on the French. So <laughs> anyway, it was not a funeral ceremony they do have a very elaborate funeral ceremony that actually there's one they do and then like four up to four years later they do a second one to allow the grief to have passed it's interesting hmm. so anyway this ritual that we were, they were performing is actually called the Sigi, and it is a link back to their first ancestors they only perform it once every sixty years and it celebrates the meeting of their people with a people known as the Numos
2: or the Nomos. Wow, so those, these French guys were like super lucky to come upon in, this like incredibly once, lucky. A once in sixty year, like basically a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Literally. You
0: know, just sitting Ceremonic. there with their butter just, and baguettes and showed up. their cigarettes. Yeah, they're, they they show up
1: with their berets on, and these guys are carving the masks for the most important ceremony of, of their, their culture.
2: Yeah, of basically everybody's lives. because yeah. even the youngest ones would probably be oh, close to Mike, dying by the time you know it came around the, again. The, when it happened
1: in modern times, Mike, hmm. no one alive had seen that, it. That's it what was I'm, passed down. That's what I'm saying for yeah. for
2: these you know kind of subsistence you know cultures. Sixty is like basically the limit oh, of their lives.
1: At the time, their lifespan, uh, it, it, a lot of them did not live 60 years. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: So they, this is like, yeah. Oh.
1: This was it just, it's insane it, how lucky they were to come on this. Now, about, and I'm going to be calling them the Nomos
2: okay. throughout. Not the, the Nemois?
1: No. <laughs> that's, that was the narrator of the special. Okay. Now, the Nomos is what I've seen some things called calling them but I see nomos in most places so we're going to go with the nomos near the Niger so these creatures whose name in the dogon language is associated with water were amphibians who had snake like lower bodies but man like upper bodies and they came from the stars
2: so 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 they were uh oh Nagas? Naga. Nagas, yes. Yes. They're basically aquatic nagas. Aquata naga. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of yeah. things where the nagas
0: were in water. Uh, oh, was... you, you missed a very clear pun here. Oh, did I? Manaconda.
1: <laughs> My manaconda. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I'll, <laughs> I'll let that one slide. Anyway. the <laughs> so Oh, they the tend nom- to slither. Yes, <laughs> that too. So the nomos taught them the ways of agriculture and astronomy, and some anatomy, and they gave them 365 mystic symbols without explanation that they were to ponder over to learn the mysteries of life.
0: That's like a symbol of the day calendar.
1: It really is, and I find it interesting that it's exactly 365, given we know that the, you know, what is it, like, the actual time is like 365, 5.7 5.7 days or something no, like that? It's
2: 365 and what, a quarter? I think so. So that's like, like every four years is a leap year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, the earth rotation around the sun is 365.25 And some change. Yeah. Days. So, now, the
1: ceremony itself involves lots of masks with really interesting patterns sticking up over the wearer's head that it's like a... A straight shaft with these weird, like, L-shapes coming off of them. Hot. You can... (laughs) You said shaft. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair. I can dig it. (laughs) Thank you, that's what I was waiting for. So, and I, I highly recommend you look up Dogon masks and see some of these. But they're wearing the masks, and their heads are being whipped around in a circle, Oh. As they all dance around a central mask wearer with a big fucking mask that's like twelve feet tall,
2: and he so lowers- it's like
0: the DK mode in Goldmine? Sorta, have an-
2: they have antenna. <laughs> yes, it's like they have you know TV aerials on. the I masks. know
1: that's the crazy thing. Then the dude in the center lowers the mask to vertical. Like his head, you know, facing the ground so it's sticking straight out. And he spins with the top of the mask making an orbit of the wearer. And you can find video of this dance online is pretty fucking cool to watch.
0: Now, now I know that you're going to be getting into this, but this also sounds pretty cosmic with so many orbits going on in this whole thing.
1: Yes. Yes, it does. And that's the point. Hmm. All right, though. It's all well and good and probably to be expected from most religions that, you know, their God came from the sky. I mean, what God didn't come from the sky. Our God, you know, the Christian God speaks from the sky. He was a storm God from fucking Babylon originally. Um, The Native Americans talk about the spirit in the sky. I mean, that song talks about the spirit in the sky. But, you know, that's a given. But the Dogon have one up on most of us. They know what star their gods came from. <laughs> Sirius B.
0: Surely you can't be serious, B.
1: I can be. And don't call me Shirley.
0: <laughs>
1: they also. All right, belie- Ruth. Yes. Now, the- <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. They also believe that there's a third star in the Sirius system, but there's been little evidence of that that I'm comfortable pointing to. There's been some mathematical stuff, but that could also be, uh, you know, user error. Mm. So that's still in question. But most videos and specials, and I really need to get this out there, most videos and specials will say that Sirius B was discovered in the 1950s which is after the French anthropologists came down and learned about Sirius in the 30s and 40s. But this is incorrect. Sirius, I looked it up, Mike, Mm -hmm. because I knew you would. Sirius B was actually discovered in the 1860s. It wasn't photographed until the 1950s.
0: Now, now, what did they call the star? Like, I don't think it would be Sirius B, because that's, you know, what the astronomers would call it. So right. what name did they give it?
1: I looked this up again after you uh, put that in the outline, because I really needed to check. It is called Sigitolo, which translates to the Star of the Siggy, which is their, their ritual. So, you know, they got a name for it. Interesting. Now, yeah, I know. So, and that's the whole thing about the Dogon. Everything I've read about them is really fucking interesting. I mean, yeah, they it's are a, a, It's a lot of huh. Yeah. Huh. I mean, they, huh. they they have some real problematic shit going on with their patriarchy, but like mm-hmm. but they like they got
0: weird caste systems. But, but but again, who doesn't?
1: Yeah, okay, that's fair. So, the Dogon know a hell of a lot about astronomy for being where they are and for how long they've known about it. So here's some things they know. They know that Sirius B is a white dwarf and that it is extremely heavy. The terminology they use is that not all the creatures of the heavens and the earth could
2: lift it. Hmm. Which Well that that you you could find the smallest celestial body and that would still be true. Yes,
1: I know, but they're trying to imply that it is heavy. So
2: mm. yeah. <laughs>
1: So, the 60 years between the city uh, ritual represents, and this has been scientifically spotted, one orbit of Sirius B around its companion, Sirius A, and is supposed to occur, the the ritual is supposed to occur when it is at its
0: closest point to Earth. Can we just go back to you giving Mike that, eh, like... Okay. You need to do that more often because that's a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm just saying <laughs> that. That was that, really no, funny. You
1: know. <laughs> no, I understand, Mike. I understand. It's it's that's questionable, but you know the the lore says that. Oh, they know it's heavy.
2: So, yeah, but you I'm know, I'm sorry. I know mean, the any anything is so heavy that yeah. you know
0: you can't imagine it. So. Sure, but the uh well did they mention it in a form of comparison to other heavenly bodies like is, i feel they, like it's I baked into the statement that all the other heavenly bodies could not lift it
1: i don't know that's i'm i'm going to be honest i couldn't find really okay. good sources on that and i did look mm-hmm. trying to verify that it kind of sounds like some confirmation biased yeah from white people so <laughs> They do know that it lies further away from Earth than the planets and the sun. They also have some very interesting cave drawings showing the elliptical orbit of it, which seems to match computer models, but again, that's open to interpretation, you know. Hmm. And the Siggy ritual where the guy is spinning is supposed to represent Sirius B orbiting Sirius A. Now, okay. they also know that Earth and the other planets orbit the sun and not everything else orbiting the Earth. So, you know, one up on the Greeks. Oh, I thought the Greeks knew
2: that. Did they? Who was it that started geocentrism? Well, was that the so, Romans? So, no, the, the Catholic religion decided oh. that, you know... The Earth was the center, okay, but it was known fair. well before that. That was a you know yeah. religious.
1: Now,
0: and uh, there, there was this thing called the Dark Ages. Yeah.
1: Well, again, one of the things we that I didn't get a chance to look into is what do other tribes believe. Mm-hmm. You know, do all of them believe that, or there was just the Catholic Church that stupid?
2: No, the Catholic so. Church was self interested in yeah, in, and yeah. you know thrusting geocentrism propaganda. Into, yeah,
1: propaganda. Yep. So they also have one of the symbols they use, and this is one of the ones left behind by the NOMO, is a circle within a circle that is associated with Saturn, which ancient alien theorists say represents Saturn's rings, which, okay, fair dinkum. A quick reminder also is that Saturn's rings aren't visible with the naked eye.
0: You know, these are pretty interesting points that we'd take for granted today, but believing in and communicating this sort of stuff like 2,000 years ago, is pretty impressive.
1: I mean, oh. yeah, no, communicating it is pretty damned amazing, especially mm. given the, the, the situation the tribe's in. They're, their only metalworking is, like, ironworking for arrowheads and stuff, and the and only other... And this was in
0: the 30s, right? Uh, that we, disco- we
1: found out about it, yes.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, up through the 1930s, they were still kind of just doing iron working.
1: Right, and there's still, well, you know, things change, but yeah. Yeah, well, Saturn's... Uh,
2: Saturn's rings were discovered in 1610.
1: Okay, that's fair. And we're going to get to some of the cultural contamina- contamination stuff
2: possibly yeah. later. Mm-hmm. So,
1: But again, all this knowledge was supposed to have been brought by the Nomos 3,000 years ago. Hmm. Now, a lot of this reminds me of ancient Sumer and Babylon. The real stories, though, not the, not the Zechariah Sitchin bullshit. With the with the you know aliens getting pissed off because we are fucking donkeys, <laughs> uh, because both of these cultures involve amphibious knowledge bringers from the stars. Mm. The Babylonians had a similar story with something that sounded remarkably like Numos. In in it's not exact. I didn't get a chance to look it all up, but like it's kind of interesting. You know, it goes back way further than you would think. Yeah. Now, if there's anything that speaks to the antiquity of this, it's that the masks that they make every 60 years are based on the oldest examples they can have, they, they hold on to. The Hogan, or their religious leader of each region, holds on to an original mask, with the oldest they have being aged at about 300 years. Hmm. which is a long goddamn time to hold on to a wooden mask. Hmm. Now, if a mask finally falls apart, it's replaced. But again, they have masks and weavings of patterns with the symbols that go back 300 years or more for some of this shit. Not to mention oral traditions uh, before any known cultural contamination. Known before anybody says anything.
0: So, so do they have, like, any transcriptions that are likely to be, like, the far older oral traditions? Like, how old are we talking regarding that?
1: Well, they say 3,000 years, so, you know. Okay. They're, they're, the, they're the only authority we have on how old this is. Yeah,
0: we, we kind of have to, like, take them at their word here for this.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. It's at least 1,000 years old
0: mm-hmm.
1: from when they first got down into the, the region. So, beyond that, who knows?
0: Okay.
1: Now, needless to say, the Dogon are, of course, one of the first cultures people point to when ancient aliens and ancient astronauts get brought up. Because the story on the surface paints a staggeringly strong portrait of aliens influencing human development in the ancient past.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I remember hearing about them on Ancient Aliens. Exactly. The more that you talk about this, yeah.
1: Right, and like I said, in the 70s, they had this I'm fucking in search of. And Mm. I saw that back on TLC, back when that show stood for The Learning Channel. Mm. So, we're going to take a quick break for ads. And when we come back, I will explain with some of Mike and yours' input, David...
2: Why mm-hmm. all of this is probably bullshit. Oh man. Kevin, you're doing my job for me. I have I... pretty much no role now I... on this show. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, we'll be right back. Hey David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No ads!
0: You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads! What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates? How reasonable? Overly. How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information. That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David?
1: We just did. Whoa. And we're back. And before I get started with this next part uh, where we hear from uh, professional skeptics and get to my personal theory. Mike, what do you think about this? What's your theory so far?
2: I mean... Uh, it's kind of hard to swallow. I mean, they... Not well, to discount a culture, right? but I don't know if I'm being presented with all the... Real facts of this culture, sound. It sounds like a lot of stuff is being colored, and you know, that's interpreted fair. in a way that might not be accurate or the whole truth. Mm. That's just me, you know, yeah. not you know, just going by what I've heard so far. No,
1: that's fair. <clears throat> and bear in mind what I've presented you so far has been the lore of the thing yeah, as presented by ancient aliens. And uh, now the thing is, we're about to get into some uh, professional rebuttals of what I've talked about. And uh, I actually have put in some rebuttals to those rebuttals (laughs) in here. And uh, which means Mike, you can give some rebuttals to my rebuttals of these rebuttals.
2: We're so, just going all down the bottle hole. we are
1: going all <laughs> up in the bottle hole. So, first off, the biggest thing to debunk is the whole idea that it, the fact that we have known about Sirius B since the 1860s throws one argument of the ancient aliens crowd right out the window. We did not hear about Sirius B from the Dogons and then confirm it in the 1950s. All right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: I just, I need to get that out there because that is real easy to just Google now. Now, I understand in the 70s and 80s it wasn't that easy to figure out, but now, here we are. There is a case to be made for cultural contamination here with the fact that it was discovered so early. That may be at some point. The news managed to sneak down into West Africa at some point in the 70 years between the discovery of Sirius B and the contact with the French anthropologists. Now, personally, I don't know how much I believe that. There's some real specific specific information to have been carried down by a missionary, brought up in polite conversation, and then filtered through into roughly 600,000 people across dozens of individual tribes without a centralized governing body and then working its way into, you know, all that stuff, especially when 300-year-old masks and older symbols are thrown in. Now, Mike, I want you to give
2: me some thoughts on that. So it sounds like they already were pretty interested in you know, celestial bodies and astronomy. So maybe they they specifically sought out that knowledge.
1: Like, like they were asking
2: about yeah, yeah. Sirius? Yeah, and new people that showed up, they had asked, you know, you know, what do you think of these stars? And, you know, someone just happened to know, you know, modern, mm-hmm. at the time, information about those.
1: See, I like that theory because... What I heard from a NASA scientist on the In Search Up special was it is a coincidence.
0: Mm. I'm like, what? Fuck you. Well, um, so the thing is, anthropologists aren't astronomers. I know that people can be multiple things, but the odds of having an astronomy enthusiast anthropologist relay all of this info and not playing the most expansive game of telephone ever feels, pardon the pun, astronomical. Well, what, what's
2: the more? What's the most likely scenario? Someone just happened to know this and you know told them, or Naga aliens told I, them. I, I
0: don't I'm, think it's I, an either or
1: here. I think there's another option here. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But I do agree. I don't think it was space lizard men.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not on the space lizard man camp, I, but I'm also in not fact, in this. Like, okay, we like the the odds. The odds of like having that exact sort of person I, with that knowledge in a field that's outside I mean, it, of there. I,
1: I will say, though, that after Mike brought up the idea of them specifically looking for information about Sirius, I'm willing to, to concede that point as being and, and very that, possible.
0: That could be, like, the third option, you know? Maybe maybe, yeah. the, um, maybe there was the enthusiast who knew a little bit about astronomy, had a book with them or something.
1: And it, again, it was like it, it was sometime between eighteen sixty and nineteen thirty three. That's a lot of time for somebody who happened to be an astronomy enthusiast. So,
2: and mm-hmm. and, it, and maybe you know, just kind of super wild speculation. This is just like mm-hmm. the pants on head, spitballing here. Oh you wait, know?
1: no, I well, I cover the pants on head.
2: You know, missionaries like this would frequently come back, right? They, right. It wouldn't just come once. They'd come you know, yeah. frequently. Okay, so, that's fair. So maybe they asked a bunch of questions. they like, I don't know. But then they and, like went back and got a book about it and, and or, told them. Or you know, maybe they picked it up from the Muslims. Yeah, I mean. Because they were very scientifically so, oriented. So mm-hmm. Here's here's an example I like to think about whenever I think of dissemination of information. Think back to elementary school. There are some, I don't want to. There are so many like things that aren't in books, like like um, how to make those paper like you know fortune telling things. You know, I never you, learned those. You had on, well, but you've seen kids of at school. Of course, I with saw them. them. I just assumed they were wizards. They, that or know, that would, angular
0: uh, S symbol.
2: Yeah. That. Oh yeah, no, that is so, like
1: that is a mimetic hazard.
2: But those things were not in media at the time we not in books, but somehow disseminated to 90% of American school children Right. just via osmosis, via, you know, kids transferring schools and cultural dissemination. So I don't think that, you know, any human information that is known could not make it to and except for those ones, the ones that shoot at airplanes with arrows every time they fly too low. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, those guys.
2: Except for those that are obviously hostile and shunning outside information, I can't see that. It's not some form of cultural osmosis. And that's at least, fair. at least, yeah. at, at least, entertain the possibility. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not I'm, going to sit here and say I'm that. Totally that entertaining is, that possibility. Is that specifically is specifically how it happened. I'm just saying right. that's the
0: most likely explanation. Sure, it's just a bunch of factors, and it's like really complex. And it, again, I'm just thinking about the odds of okay. like all these little interconnected okay. elements.
1: But now that Mike has said that. It does make sense to me because I'm a huge fan of James Burke's connections, and that is kind of how history works. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and then we do talk about, like, the Muslim influence on the culture, and then, yeah, more than likely, like, you know, astronomy was something that was in the Muslim world. So, like, there's elements of that combined with other osmosis. So, again, it's all these different factors, but it's just wild to think about.
1: Right. Now, there's a second point to be made about all this, Okay. and that is when modern anthropologists and researchers have come into the area and asked the Dogon about it because it's so goddamn famous now, yeah. they get a wide range of answers, guys. Mm-hmm. Some Dogon say that the French brought the idea of Sirius B to them and they just took it. Okay. Some have told researchers that they actually worship Venus and they have no idea what the fuck this Sirius B thing is. Hmm. And still others act like they have no idea what anyone's talking about. No, man. (laughs) What the fuck? No, fuck you. Most just want you to go away. This is completely true unless you have money.
2: And that's also complicated by about with the, the initial thing of them lying about their rituals. So it's like, yeah. what is the truth with them? Like, yeah. And it could also be like, you know, say that there's all these tribes, maybe they're not as tightly cohesive I, as has been, I know,
1: think that's also possible.
2: Mm-hmm. Presented.
1: Um, but I also think a reason for part of that, this whole situation where they're telling all these different versions, is the Muslims. Hmm. Now yeah. today... of the Dogon are Muslim, and 10% are Christian. And this is all because they have been persecuted the fuck out of. Oh, yeah. And the Dogon have to be careful about who they tell what, because Mm -hmm. they are also very paranoid it's going to get back to the Muslims, and they're going to come down and...
2: Do something. Well, if there's one thing Muslims and Christians are good at, it's persecuting non-Muslims and Christians.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, especially because these guys have been subject of jihads. Mm-hmm. I mean, like wars. straight up jihads over the yeah. last thousand years.
2: And, and you don't think about it, but missionary work is basically a holy war
0: without it like,
1: swords. It is. It's... It's a nonviolent holy war, yes.
0: At best, it's now, scouting. Yes. <laughs> Shit.
1: Yeah. So, remember, if you're a primitive tribe out there somewhere, and you're somehow listening to this, if you see a guy with a Bible, run him through. So, <laughs>
2: just, I just, just... run him off. I would yeah. say run him through. Just run him I don't
1: off. know, they did a pretty good job of filling that one dude with arrows on that island, but... Um, now, I also discovered recently that the Dogon have gotten to the point where they they even keep their art away from visitors. They Good. are they have become a very cautious. Well, people. I mean,
0: it's like the fucking British Museum. You know, they got the sticky fingers. So, like, you know, yeah, you see a British no, absolutely. person, like, they, they want to take Ooh, it to the museum. gimme!
1: Yeah, I mean. Even some of their ceremonies are now only performed for paying tourists. I cannot explain to you how sad that makes me.
2: Not me. I mean, get 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 your nut, guys. You know. Yeah, I, but if you have some, you know, it's cheap it in my mind. No, right? I. If if you have some, why do it for free it, when you can get paid? To, Kevin, you're an artist. You should know that. You know, doing it for exposure is not gonna
0: okay put food you on. Yeah, die of mean, exposure like
1: the only reason they do these is for money now and it makes well, me think of 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 uh, Epcot
0: well I mean welcome to global capitalism you see the same thing with a lot of like the global South nations where cultural practices have been commodified for tourist dollars um, okay
1: okay fair they're making money at it but that doesn't mean I have to like it no I mean it, no. it
0: sucks it's just it's part of the reality of living in this elven earth
1: yeah, it's like you can't be your culture anymore because it's your culture. You have to it's be your culture like, you to make know, money. It's just like
0: you have to monetize your hobbies.
1: Oh yeah, I don't know what that's like right. at all. Right? Here pretty here soon you start selling
0: shit with your 3D
2: printer. You can, you can no. Be, you can be your culture, but if you can make some Skrill at it, why not? You know, go for that nut too. Hey, hey, can you can you do me a favor, Mike? Hmm. I never want you to
1: say Skrill or Nut again when in <laughs> reference to making
2: money. Okay. can't guarantee that bucko okay so
1: again whether i believe any of this on either side doesn't matter what matters is i think there is enough information to say that these beliefs probably didn't come from space nagas teaching ancient humans about bread and beer so
0: where do i think it came from Time travelers playing a prank on conspiracy nerds. God, I wish that was true. <laughs> um,
2: um, ghost monkeys.
0: <laughs> I'll the su- give you the, I'll the super
2: give you that spectrum. One. You, you, you think it came from the super spectrum?
1: You know what? That's a good enough explanation. Shows over. Good night, everybody. No. Um, <laughs> so, gentlemen, at the beginning of this episode, I talked about the Dogons' possible origins, going back to ancient Egypt and possibly earlier to Sumer. I'd like to
2: revisit that now.
0: I figured we'd get to it sooner or later. Oh, ooh, my <laughs> sweet, sweet Sumer
2: it's, child. Is, is this the Sumer of our discontent? Oh, God. <laughs> you just babble on and on and on.
0: So,
1: if there's wow. one thing I've learned. Sorry, you said something? Oh, no, I'm just I'm just applauding. Oh, wondering. Okay. If there is one thing I've learned about ancient civilizations from doing this show and just from research in general is that calling them primitive is a disservice to the ingenuity of our species. We come from a long line of not just the fastest and strongest
0: survivors, but the smartest. To paraphrase the recent musical episode of Star Trek, do you know what the odds are of all of us being here right now? Uh, Not really. I'm bad at math. But no, so so I think there's a
2: fine line to walk here, to uh, not fall into the you know oh they're primitives noble therefore. savage, but yeah the, all the the other ways uh, yeah the noble savage and you know right kind of the holding them on a pedestal. No, I they're, understand. They're, I mean,
1: I'm not saying they had floaty I, technology.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like speaking to you directly. I'm just saying in general that you know they're 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 people. They you yeah. know. It, if they are, you know, considered advanced for their time, well, it just means they figured shit out before other people.
0: Yeah, but exactly. Still,
2: and you know, they they you know, if, if one group of people could figure it out, another group of people yeah, could figure it out. Which is which is exactly where I'm headed. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm just
1: I was just throwing that yeah. out there. You know? No, great. I'm glad you did because Sumeria had a staggering knowledge of the heavens, guys. Mm-hmm. In fact, they knew about Saturn's rings. As did Egypt. And they had staggering knowledge of the heavens in general. Mesoamerica had staggering astronomical knowledge. And and honestly, so did a shit ton of ancient cultures. So, instead of crediting aliens with that knowledge, I would like to put forward that maybe some brilliant wag created a telescope Way, way back before Galileo the cracker that he was
0: did. <laughs> Galileo the cracker is something new for the bingo card. <laughs> I, I'm saying that it's highly likely
1: that oral astronomical traditions of the Dogon used for determining when to plant crops are merely a way for a culture to keep alive the knowledge that they thought was vitally important to them when to plant grains, when the flood would come, how to survive.
0: That makes too much sense. It must have been aliens.
1: God damn so, it, David.
2: So, you know, that's that's very uh valuable, you know, life knowledge. Yes. And that's that's the kind of stuff that can be figured out without, you know, sure. super advanced. That's that's but, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't. That's, yeah. that's just a uh, we have a word for that, where you figure out stuff over time. That's evolution. That's just like knowledge evolution.
1: But one thing I didn't put in there because I wasn't sure if it was going to be relevant or not, if anybody would bring it up, the Dogon use Sirius as they're guiding uh, its position in the heavens. They use Sirius to spot, you know, when we're going to do the planting, when we're going to do all this stuff. They use Sirius. Mm
2: -hmm. But so so... By our relative, you know, uh, perception, all the stars in the heaven except for the planets are basically fixed. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter which star you use as your guide, it, just any of them, as long as you, you know, record and you know, use that at the correct time. Like if it's in the right. correct, you know, exactly. Whatever is coming up over the horizon at, you know, a given time. Yeah. I, I understand. So, so serious, it could be Sirius could be, you know, you know, any of the other stars.
1: Yeah. It could be Polaris.
2: A uh, Sagittarius B, you know, yeah, any of those. But
1: they use Sirius, and yeah. I am putting forward that this knowledge came from uh, Sumeria, Babylon, your ancient civilizations that had astronomer kings. You know,
2: well, I mean, yeah, they they had people that you and, know they recorded yes the stars, but I don't think any of them were making telescopes because. That requires a glassmaking skill that has not been seen in, you know, it, glass, glass of that caliber would have been something very precious and very well preserved.
0: Well, maybe there was a Babylonian who was born with like really big anime eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so I, I don't
2: think I mean, I'm not I'm, I don't think there were any pre Galilean telescopes, per se, But they definitely kept very close records Mm -hmm. of, you know, the stars and how they, you know, coincided with
1: things here on things here on Earth. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So but I think that's my theory Mm -hmm. that it came from. An ancient civilization like Sumeria, if you want to get crazy with it, maybe it was Atlantis. I'm not saying it was Atlantis, because I don't. think that was bullshit, too. In my things that are not, Atlantis is bullshit. But I am saying that whole cycles of history, we don't have details on these things. So yeah. it's extremely yeah. possible this and, came from there.
2: And, and I do believe that knowledge like this you know, um, is very can be very handy, even though if we don't know where exactly or why this kind of knowledge originated, like, um, one of the things I find fascinating is some of the, the precepts in like Judeo Christian and Islam. Like, you know, the,
1: the cleanliness, the
2: cleanliness stuff in, you know, if you look at it, a lot of it coincides with our, you know, knowledge of, uh, like, like, you know, we know pork nowadays, stamping
1: down disease, you
2: know, yeah, pork is, you know, a very unclean meat, if not oh, yeah. correctly. So they obviously saw that, you know, a lot of people that ate pigs got really sick. So they just said, you know, no eating pigs because, you know, they're unclean animals. Um, the, the like veils and things like that, You know when we started masking for COVID, just you know made me think. It clicked. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, why wouldn't you you know wear face coverings? It would they would probably found that when you wore face coverings, you got less sick because everybody is kind of keeping their shit germs to themselves.
1: And we've also talked about the fact that like the the ancient uh, Hebrew stuff with Ark of the Covenant. It's like you know a lot of this kind of sounds like anti radiation stuff. Yeah, and, so, and
2: Muslims also have a very strong, you know, hand washing culture because yeah. you know it that obviously well, were, cuts down on diseases.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I you see where I'm going
2: though. Yeah. What I'm
1: saying, whether I'm right about the telescopes or not.
2: There, yeah. There there is a lot of, you know, maybe not. Um, oh, I'm, I just lost my train of thought, but <laughs> you know, it it may not be for the reasons it the text or the, the the tradition say it's for but it was started for a reason
1: Oh yeah no I mean that's like yeah exactly we, we, people exactly.
2: don't start doing shit for just arbitrarily. Now it becomes, you know, a religion. It like, becomes a. Are
1: you saying the wheel of time turns and ages come and pass? I'm just that no. Legend and legend becomes myth. And,
2: just saying, we we do shit for we're a very pragmatic species, so we start doing things more we're, for we're, a reason. We're a, we are a ritualistic creature, yeah, and then we start codifying that into religion just to yeah. make sure people do it. Yeah. And then, you know, it just basically becomes, we just do it by rote then.
1: No, absolutely, and that's when and that's how religion dies also. It becomes a tool because nobody's worshipping the god, they're just going through the motions. But we'll get into that in another episode.
0: But, but what if aliens?
1: But what if aliens, indeed. Now, speaking of that, Mike, mm-hmm. David,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you guys know me.
2: Um, I, I thought I did, but I'm more and more questioning that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you.
1: You guys know I love the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love reading about aliens and ancient legends and ghost monkeys and stuff like that. And I only say that because it pisses David off. The thing I don't love is believing lies especially not lies propagated by a false narrative that only white Europeans could have done anything.
0: Well, well, white Europeans also launched two world wars in the span of 30 years, so... Hey, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Well, it's, it's
2: more of a war and a half. I mean, the first one never really ended. It's
1: technically it just, one big war with a breather.
2: Yeah, we, we had a brief armistice, but it still kept going.
1: And... I know that the last few episodes that I personally have done, I've done a surprisingly good job of debunking my own fucking topic with apologies to Mike.
2: I might I might as well just hang it up. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. Ne- no next no. time I'm just going to like take a nap.
1: No, because we're going <laughs> to have a lot of fun on the next one. Now, it's just that looking into all this and finding the other explanations that don't involve aliens... Is so fucking easy. It shows how little the paranormal community wants to actually look into some of this.
0: Yeah, and so we've been using that term bookstore racism for a while now, and this topic is very much in line with it, and it's indicative of the larger issue with the paranormal and conspiratorial community for, like, most of the 20th century. Oh, yeah. Now, we're leaving a lot of that behind now as it it becomes obvious that some of these theories are meant to propagate, like, racist and ethnocentric ideologies, um, Mm -hmm. you know, which came to a head with Hitler's Aryan notions, the Thule Society. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, on on the back of this growth to the very mindset to the mid to late 19th century, you know, all of that Helena Blavatsky bullshit.
1: Oh, Um, God, you know...
0: Yeah, we're we're gonna have to go over that, but you know, but yeah. the fact is that a lot of this shit is still lingering and reflects poorly on people who want to explore the weird and mysterious. Because you know, it, you, I, you I wanna know, you want to start getting into this stuff, and it's like the the ancient aliens thing really. It's it's does like, a disservice it's our, to everybody.
1: It's like our own shameful little chick tracks. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It really is. And I mean, human history is made up of all humans. And all humans have this amazing ability to do amazing things. And I feel like to believe otherwise is an insult to us as a species. And this has been my TED Talk. Yay! So, guys, (laughs) give give me your thoughts on this. Like, How do you feel about the Dogon in general, the whole Dogon serious
2: thing? I'm even more confused than when we started. What, seriously? I mean, no, I'm not, but, you know, you you just kept, like, tugging with my emotions. At first, you're, like, (laughs) throwing out all this wild, you know, they're super you know, intelligent, you know, got things from, you know, aliens. sexy space aliens. I never said sexy. Know. Know. You, <laughs> look, if you think snake look, butts are sexy, that's look, all look. you, buddy. If, look, all all Western depictions of Naga are hot. Okay, so, that's, that's fair. So, Every
1: time we go looking up pictures in a spooky dice bag to explain a creature, it's always got tits. Now, now see, so,
0: I, I think what Mike is saying here is he's got debunkery blue balls.
1: Yes. Okay, well, that's okay. I'll tell you what, next episode... Mike's going to make it it to to completion.
2: (laughs) I I get to... You're going
1: to blow your... You're going to blow your skeptic load. (laughs) Yes! Yes.
2: (laughs) Finally, full release.
0: Hot, foamy skepticism sprayed all over. (laughs) Hot, Uh, hot
2: skeptic action. Thick, ropey strands (laughs) of skepticism.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: We're terrible. Uh. But, um, so, uh, there, there was a, there was a, so, okay. Yeah. That, that's what I was thought thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm thinking, right? No, no. So you, you ending the way you did, you made me think of the fact that, you know, a lot of these, you know, obviously they probably would, you know, refute this, but, you know, um, this ethnocentric kind of, you know, bullshit, um they they do real they don't realize but and they would de- refute it, but white people are like not the first people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird you trace We're mutants you trace you trace your lineage back far enough. you're brown. yeah you, no, I, I, your I guarantee you the first. Brown.
0: I guarantee you the first couple white Neanderthal babies were like bashed against the rocks. You know oh, what I mean? oh,
2: god! Oh, they play men with their fucking is, heads. That is kind of sad to think that you know these first you know white kids came, you know white babies were born. And they're like you know, this is demon. A, this is a demon, unnatural hell spawn. Let's let's I, like and dunk the dunk bad it in the thing river.
1: is nothing in history has led that to be <laughs> wrong.
2: No, I mean, yeah, it is kind of you know. Yeah, we kind
1: of did ruin everything.
2: Human, you know, uh <laughs> uh instinct, I guess, to shun the shun the weird, white, shun the white thing, shun the shun the unclean, shun the, you know, you know, different.
1: For being racist. I find it funny how many evil things uh Lovecraft did were albinos. Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe he subconsciously maybe he saw
2: the uh the evil of the uh, the honky,
0: <laughs> the honky death, cosmic honky uh. horror.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great! So, David, mm-hmm. how about you? Thoughts on the Dogon serious thing?
0: It, it's still a super interesting topic. Again, like I keep thinking about like all the confluence of circumstances that result in. Whatever their lore became, and like how much of it right. was something that developed from, you know, the Muslim world, how much of it came from their own experiences, how much of it may have been like osmosis through like Europeans mm-hmm. coming into, um, you know, Africa again. It's it's yeah again. Just I'm thinking of that that Star Trek moment. You know, you know, think what of the, the odds. odds. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good point.
2: Mm. Like, what are the odds of us three doing this podcast together?
1: Well, if you knew me, pretty fucking good.
0: Yeah, I think it was yeah. inevitable that I was going to be on here.
1: I was going to suck some of you in somehow. <laughs>
0: well, you know, if, if, uh,
2: I don't know they're There, I can think of a few things in my like early life that if they hadn't happened the way they did, I would not mm. have moved here. So. Oh
1: yeah, no. Like if my so. mom had like had any guts about her, she would not have moved to Vicksburg to be in my grandmother's will, which she didn't end up in anyway. And I would, I would not be
2: here. We mm. would not
1: be doing this.
2: Yeah, like one one decision by my parents, and we would have just stayed in a. Louisiana, I would never have, you know, met Kevin. So yeah, God, that's you know that kind of thing.
0: See, it worked out differently for me because I remember, like, when I was five years old, there was this very crazy albino blind man who came up to me and said something about like, "You're going to be doing a podcast in thirty years."
1: (laughs) So. Wow, that dude. Man, you know, there's actually a really interesting man in black story that is shockingly Kevin. similar to that. So we're just going to leave that there Kevin, like I got
2: dirt I, in the sink. I th- I think that's evidence for that you'll find a time machine sometime. Oh, great. So I'm going to be blind. <laughs> Fucking great. You're going to be old and blind. You're going to time travel back. You're going to do parents. a podcast, It's going to be a 3D boy. printer accident. You're... Thirteen god year old, it. thirteen year old David would be like, what the fuck's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, that being said,
1: um, thank you everyone for listening, guys. Did you have a good time on this one? I had a yeah, wonderful time. time.
2: Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't look. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be here. Right? That's that's fair. Like like if I ha- if I sat here hating it, I would probably <clears> just be playing like <throat> Minecraft or something right now.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fair. So. <laughs> I wanna before we go, I want to close with something. Uh one of our coworkers, Juanito up at work, uh he gave me a, a Latin phrase and I adore this. I feel like this should be our show's Latin motto. cogito Ergo dolio. 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 Which is uh I think therefore I hurt. <laughs> And I was like, well, that is our fucking Latin phrase. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need, like, I need to put that in Latin under Enrique
2: in the logo.
0: Yeah, we, we could do an Enrique seal. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, so We do we do a uh, Super Nat,
0: you know, coat of arms, and that's yes. on the little, we'll, the little put in our banner. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll put it in our uh, membership cards.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, I need to design some membership cards. So, yeah. Cogito ergo dolio.
2: <laughs> I think therefore I hurt. Or suffer. I it when was you were talking about it, or hurt. I looked it up and you know Latin being very malleable, like its words have context and you know, cultural, you know uh context, I guess. So. Sure. So, you know, it could be but it could be I think therefore I suffer. It, yeah. But I yeah. just like hurt though. Yeah, well, yeah. But it, it our hurt, interpretation suffer, it's all the same hurt. thing. Yeah. But but you know, the suffer, I think, you know, draws from the thinking. You know, the, the thinking is definitely causing the suffering.
1: Yep. No, because I'm sitting here going, wow, those dudes really thought it was Nagas. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you everyone for listening. We will be back next week with a week in Weird, followed by either something from David or I'm going to talk about the Denver airport. Mm hmm.
2: Because I've got some
1: fucked up shit going on with yeah. that
2: mess <laughs> whenever we you know make it big and make money from it we need to fly through the denver airport oh i want to go i want to see the that, fucking that's... look whenever whenever we make it big enough to where we're like meet david in person that's where we're meeting we're meeting oh. at the denver airport oh we're gonna oh, get shit.
1: slurpees at the denver airport will that's finally, our goal guys
0: will we finally figure out what's the deal with the airline food
1: <laughs> there is none because that fucker ruined it. If you haven't been listening to Behind the Bastards, uh there's a great one about the guy that ruined the airline industry. Mm. Uh so anyway, if you would like to know more about the show or join our community on our Discord, you can find links to all that at supernatpod You can find the show on social media at <laughs> <laughs> I picked up the game. Mike, you played a ginger on me. Yes I did. <laughs> Damn. You can find us at... oh God, where can you find us on social media? You can find us on... The, what's the thing Mastodon. The Mastodon. I was going to say the Masto Network. Mastodon at SuperNetPod at Weirdo.network. God, that sounds so good. Weirdo.network. <laughs> that it's uh, like uh, so a
0: glove. It fits. Yes,
1: it's like a glove. You can also find us, if you look around, you can find me as Kevin or Kev from Pod, you can find us on Blue Sky and Threads. So just, you know, look for that shit because we really needed more wasteful so- uh, uh, social media out there. Eh. Fucking musk. So, that being said, we'll be back in a week. We'll see you next time, guys. You got anything you want to plug before
0: we go? David? Um, nothing particular, uh, just, you know, make sure you listen to the Distraction Hole, that's our other show, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's a lot of fun, uh, next, uh, the episode we record tomorrow, I believe it's my mandate, so It is your mandate Yep, that's gonna be fun
1: Cool. And Mike,
2: have you got anything you want to plug? I'm, I'm bothering the cat, so that's about it.
1: I think Mike is content. Mike is, in fact, a professional and semi-professional cat botherer. I'm not, I'm not a professional.
2: Once. I'm not being paid for it. You're I'm, an out-of-work professional I'm, I'm a cat, cat botherer. I'm a cat-bothering enthusiast. Okay, that's fair. So, thanks for listening. We
1: will see you next time. Until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye
0: my cat keeps <laughs> trying to unplug my cable
1: wow she's Fucking smart cats
2: god you're, what are you doing to ginger petting her wow <laughs> maybe a little bit of screeching okay Fuck, man Jeez. she just you know is very very into it or not
0: no she's staying right here so she's into it
2: mm-hmm.